0: The stage is set, the mics are
1: on, it's not another fight cast time. With your hosts, fighting out of the blue corner, this man is a former fighter, the voice of Brave Combat Federation and Clan Wars MMA, the great and powerful Phil Campbell! Fighting out of the red corner, this man is a former fighter, and now one of the best coaches in mixed martial arts, the one and only, Andy! The Icon, Burrow. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome along to Not Another Fightcast with
2: myself, Phil Campbell, and my co-host, Andy Burrows. Andy, how are you, mate? Not too bad. Again, thank you very much, folks, for all the support we've got. Our last episode with Danny Core has been absolutely awesome. The, the replies that we've been getting for that, all the feedback has been greatly positive. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, and this is your first time listening to the show, please go back and give that a listen too. But today, more importantly, we are with uh, somebody who we said right from the very start of the show we always wanted to have on. Um, a friend of ours, um, a former trainer partner of mine, and also one of Northern Ireland's most important martial artists. And we are here with Mr Andy Taz-Young. Andy, how are you? I'm good, guys. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, you know, it's It's a great podcast you
0: guys are doing.
1: That's a cracking start, isn't it? <laughs> Very goody. Um, where Where to start? Where are we right now, Andy? T- talk, tell us a little bit about uh, the, the space we're in right now.
0: Um, so we're at the Academy now uh, that's run by Mike Summers. So he's got a brand new state-of-the-art facility here, um, kind of near IKEA, B&Q, up Hollywood Exchange area. Mm-hmm. Lovely area, massive big space here. And it's, uh, it's great to see, like there's a lot of fantastic academies popping up and and this is um, this is some spot, and I'm running a few classes here along with Mike's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Connor Davis's Muay Thai, and uh, it's great. And there's there's so much talent coming through the doors.
1: Like coaching, you you do as you say, you're doing a lot of coaching here. Was coaching something that you always wanted to do? Was that a natural progression for you? Was that something that was always kind of floating around in, in the back of your back of your head, you know? And even in the early days of competing, or was it something that you kind of fell into perchance?
0: Yeah, I mean, like obviously being a lifelong martial artist, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, five, six years old starting, you know, I had a lot of goals in the back of my head, and, you know, eventually I was working with Noah Kasharian, Otto Kaiser. Yeah, 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 yeah. And fantastic the, wrestling coach. Yeah, 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 and uh, with all the mindset training and stuff that he, he's involved with, you know, one of the first things I, I did with the first um, sit-down uh, talks with him was just to write down a lot of the goals, and, you know, it was to, you know, go so far in the MMA career, but also to teach and pass it on, and I think it was Arnold Schwarzenegger that was saying some of his like reasons and, mm-hmm. and uh, things that he's done that's, that's made him successful. It's just to give something back, you know. When you get uh-huh. to a certain level, give it back, you know. So you get yourself proficient in skills, pass it on, and teach it on, you know. And that's something that you know always excited me to be able to share the knowledge and um, uh-huh. to teach and help people. And it's been such an a massive thing for me to, to learn martial arts; has changed my life completely. And you know, I can't imagine not having it in my life and. To be able to share that with people and to see how you can help other people um, grow and improve their lives is just—it's a massive thing, and you know, very happy to be a part of it. So, um, yeah, teaching is massive for me, and I love to do it.
1: So, there's like an element of almost social responsibility there, for you paying it forward. So, uh, once, yeah. you, once you've accrued knowledge, once you've accrued this experience, and you
0: can't keep up to yourself, yeah. <laughs> you got to share it. You got to share it.
1: And was, so. was it the um, a seamless transition in the coaching, or, or, or was it because great fighters don't necessarily make? great coaches and vice versa you know great coaches aren't necessarily some of the best fighters that you've ever heard of was it a seamless transition or did it take you a little while to find your own specific coaching style because you've been coached by some of the best guys Mm -hmm. on this Mm -hmm. island in the UK in the world so were you taking elements from them elements that you liked or how do you develop that coaching style
0: yeah I mean like I said you know I've traveled around and um you know trained with a lot of different people and and obviously my head coach Mm -hmm. has taught me so much and uh I've always wanted to make sure I'm the best coach possible and it, yeah, it's just keeping to the, the, the right kind of mindset of like leading by example and you know all this type of stuff. But I knew I wanted to coach. it. didn't know exactly when. Mm-hmm. Um, after I came back from uh, Team Alpha Male there a couple of years ago, I was set to have my first title defense over the summer. Um, but unfortunately, I got injured. So with that, I realized i just spent all my money on Team Alpha Male. I was counting on the money from <laughs> the fight of the summer to keep me afloat. When that fell through, I was like... Shit. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. There's no money in the bank account, I've got nothing nothing to get an income and I didn't I mean it wasn't like a prideful thing, but I didn't really want to go back into the kind of personal training side of it. I thought yeah. sometimes you need that hunger to be like, right now how am I gonna
1: driving through necessity more than Yeah, more than I thought anything else
0: look, I, I wanted to go professional full time, you know, after winning that world title and I wanna make sure I'm true to that. Mm-hmm. So the best way around that is for me to be and be teaching. So it was a good knock, a good kind of uh catalyst to get me into teaching so I decided then that would be a good time to set up my own place and I started in Newton Ards which is my own town that I grew up in mm-hmm. and uh, I just started building that and then you know over time I've expanded it you know, buying her in Belfast and, and just working my way up but uh, yeah the timing was right and the more I teach the more I learn about myself and you know, it's very, very difficult the start. I gotta say, because mm-hmm. if you're starting with fresh guys and no one's ever thrown a punch before. Yeah, there's so much you take for granted. Yeah,
1: just, just the, 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 the simple things. Yeah. Of, you know, keep, keeping your hands and it to just the made chin, me or... so
0: much aware. And that's what a lot of people say. Like when you teach, that's where you really improve. It's you when know. you start
2: to learn more. It's when you start um, to learn. That's what I wanted to say to you there. Um, whenever I stopped competing, it was very difficult for me to move into coaching. Mm-hmm. Genuinely, I fucking hated it. I just, it wasn't for me. I didn't think it was for me. And And I what did you hear that, about it? I just didn't like the whole environment of it. I was so used to being the guy on the mat listening to somebody else. It was difficult for me to transition to hoping that other people would listen to me and maybe take on board what I said as as something that would work in reality mm-hmm. and I think we were still in that mindset of that this isn't this isn't real. you know that is this actually going to work for real in a real life situation, a live environment and when it, whenever it came down to coaching that for me, I was like shit, these people aren't actually going to have to pay attention to something I say. And what I say or do may or may not get this person injured if they believe me. And that was probably a big part of it for me. And I just genuinely didn't like it. I didn't like that aspect of of martial arts. It's not something I ever wanted to do. And I, fu- I fell into it. That's essentially public speaking too. Pretty much, yeah. I'm a pretty confident guy. I would always class myself as being supremely confident in my own ability at the time. But I didn't, I didn't feel confident doing it. Now I do. Now I've, it's sort of it's grown on me. Quite, quite I suppose like a fungus in some weird way. <laughs> it has grown on me. But I, what I see with somebody like you, who was at top... You glossed over something there. Danny Cora did this as well after I won that title. You were a two-time world champion. So tell me about your first world title. That was Bama, wasn't it? Uh, first one, it was like the Ukraine. Oh yes, the Ukrainian yeah. incident. Alexander oh. Barabash.
0: Yeah, it that was crazy. And, and
1: he was he was legit. He was coming in four and as essentially their guy that they wanted yeah. to build. Oh, oh yeah. You think, came in as a massive spoiler there.
0: Yes, I think I was talking to Joe McCoggan soon after, and he was like, "Look, well, well done." You know, <laughs> he was kind of getting offered to go over, and he was told by his management at the time, I "Was like they're basically trying to get you over to lose type yeah. of thing, so we don't you know don't take the bait." But at that point, I was pissed off because I lost that world title the to rallies today I didn't which you didn't, I didn't, lose. didn't lose no you, you did. didn't think you yeah. lost it. anybody who watches that and yeah. has eyes doesn't think you lost it that was fight it so frustrating but you know it was a good push to you know like I said I, after they that lit that a bit of like a fire on th- yeah, it. yeah they lit a fire but that's one of the biggest problems I had with Bama it wasn't five round title fights it was three Yeah, mm-hmm. most of those title fights that I lost if there were five rounds like it would have been a different story
1: you could, you, as you know your, your cardio is something that you- I think you pride yourself on you've always been able to last in a fight you've looked as fresh in the first round as you have in the third fourth or fifth
0: yeah I can be quite a slow starter though so it's always my later rounds I'm generally more switched on Mm -hmm. you know so I think five rounds suits me you built for championship fights yeah and Barabash fight that was five rounder so I was like this is great I've got I just Mm. was a sense of peace I was like I got loads of time in here this is great Mm. and then finished them in the second you know and it was just not having that time constraint in my head kind of helped me I think so again I was pissed off I was like I want to make sure like I knew it was a world champion I was like I want to go out and make yeah. sure I get it so that was a crazy experience with so, Ukraine I was going to say how
2: weird and, was Ukraine? I was
0: nuts yeah. in what way? Like- uh, fuck I mean it, me and Arnold DeSantos oh it was just the two of you wasn't yeah, it? the two of us went out so it was just so funny but I mean we arrived and they had cameras and stuff in the, the airport to follow me out to the cars and the car was frozen solid, so the guy picked me up had to do a full karate chop to like chop off the ice. To, like, the um, and uh, It's famous, I think, because uh, beer is cheaper than water out there. And uh, Did you avail of like that after the fight at all? I didn't have time, no. Of course, I was very annoyed with that. Um, but when we got there, there was no water. Like We could not get water. Like there no because we were in a hotel in the middle of nowhere uh-huh. and they just didn't have water like it was not available like it was well, do go into an off license to get water and the water was triple the price of, of beer so it was very expensive <laughs> it ended up being very expensive but I luckily I brought some coconut waters with me so that kept me going but you know it, oh, Jesus Christ there's there's so much I could talk about with it because I mean it was that cold minus ten but it was a very very like chill. I've been in minus ten before say mm-hmm. skiing but this is a different type of temperature. This was me and Arnold went for a little walk to get some sightseeing done. Within ten minutes we're like, we have to turn back here, like our hands were shaking our like eyes were closing over and getting icicles. Nice <laughs> it was terrible. There's underground shopping centres. You know, it's just too cold on surface. That's crazy. It was just nuts. But I mean the whole thing was just crazy. I mean, it felt like a real celebrity too because we are getting driven around going to shopping centres and shopping malls and doing all publicity stuff mm-hmm. and they brought us to their sponsored restaurant and we're getting fed and pictures taken and and that they had a you know. After a weight cut, you know, you know Sunday as well. And yourself, all that you're so hungry, like, and you just want to eat. And I was about to take a bite of my first food after the weigh-in, and they're like, "No, no, no let's get a picture." So I had three or four people that like, stopping me mid-bite to get a picture. <laughs> so I, I'll try and dig it out, but there's a picture of me mid about to bite my burger, and I just I don't look happy. Like I was like, "Get this picture, let me eat my food." Like
1: so, they they, look, they did look after you because sometimes when they you did, yeah, when yeah. you have a guy brought in who's essentially brought in to lose. They're, they're not so concerned with that person's comfort. It's all about their guy, but they did look after you. And no,
0: they were they were very nice, I've got to say, so uh, they did look after me. And the other thing I'll say is the crowd there was just, I thought it was going, you know, aggressive crowd, blah, blah, blah. We got there, and the fight started, Then we started to go out and and it was silence, it was crickets, it was just nothing. It was kind of like a Japanese crowd. They're yeah. very famous for that. Absolute silence, and they're just watching it. And then every now and again, like... Just but claps. an educated crowd. And then, yeah, very educated, you know. Yeah, we just like I said, be silence and then clapping and then back in there just watching it again. And it was just... What's it like as
1: a fighter though? So, you you know, fighting over here, you used to say you you've fought in the Ulster Hall, you fought in the Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, you fought in some of the biggest venues on the island. we're quite rockless crowds, you know. You, mm. What's it like going from that to then a crowd that are essentially
0: silent? Yeah, it was, it was such a strange, eerie feeling, you know, but... You know, I, I walked out and the crowd couldn't be more supportive. I think, like I said, they just respected anyone that was stepping in there and mm-hmm. they gave me a lot of love and stuff walking out. And uh, But I just, I, Barabash was just a wee bit too full of himself and I, I was excited to be fighting undefeated fighters. Uh-huh. Every undefeated fighter I've fought, I've finished, which is quite interesting. But um, he walked out and he was trying to do the whole McGregor thing and like I was like, this guy is just an idiot. <laughs> so I turned to Arnold and I was like, I'm going to finish this guy. Like, you know, and... Um, again, that was the, another funny point. It was dead silence, and then you just heard Arnold, broad Belfast accent, <laughs> take him down, name, like, you know, just you could pick up on. It so much. it was so funny. So that, that was
1: that was your that was your first world title. You, yeah. Again, you've glossed over the fact that before that you won three British titles. Yeah. So what what kind of a grinding did that give you then?
0: That definitely built so much momentum and confidence on myself. And mm-hmm. uh, again, after my second, I, I guess you can go into it. I didn't really want to talk about it too much. Um, the, the British first title, British title fight uh, was against BGJ Blackbelt Belt uh, Spencer Hewitt Spencer Hewitt yeah, yeah and, good uh, boxer too you had legit yeah, boxing as yeah. well but I basically nearly broke my hand the ligaments were gone in my, my hand so I couldn't throw my right hand but I was so at that point so hungry to fight and this is my first British title opportunity so you know I took That's it UC MMA UC MMA and like I could not throw a right hand and the, even in, after the weigh-in, the photographer came up and shook my hand, and he had this crazy grip, and he just went and squeezed my hand, and it just kind of bit my lip. Afterwards, I like, God, it's broken again. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> so, yeah, so I fought and just pretended to use it. and I tried it once or twice and threw it. I was like, oh, it's a bad idea. But um, fought on, got the win, and then... And that was a
1: full three-rounder as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my MCL went on me on my knee, and then I fought... Um, Luis Gonzalez mm-hmm. for the second British title fight very soon after. I think it was a month later, and I was very lucky because that hand was gone for that huge fight. But the pre-fight medical was very basic, so I never picked up on it. Come Spin around the BC MMA for that title uh-huh. fight, and they had safe MMA down there, and they fucking grabbed my hand and they just squeezed it and did all the stuff to it to make sure it was fine. At that point, it had healed, so it was okay. But I was like, if this was the you know a month ago, not a chance. chance. So I was so lucky. But uh, yeah, that knee kind of went in that fight um, The guy went for a footlock And I felt my knee pop But I was, he was rocked at that point And mm-hmm. I was going in for the finish So I just sucked it up and, and finished him in, in the second But uh, after that, I was kind of hobbling And uh, Rodney said, well, we got you Because of that win there right. We are getting you a title fight against uh, Rodney Sade and I was like, I, I'm going to have to check on this knee Like, that, was, that would be three fights in three months Three titles With these injuries going on So... But well, postponed it, and uh, it was set for when was it? It was soon after I think it was started the next year. Mm-hmm. That got scrapped and moved to July or something. But in the meantime, I got an opportunity to fight for FCC and for their title um, against Aaron Eby, and he was he was a great opponent. Like and got the win against him so that was them three titles so that was a great momentum you know for me in
2: a very short space of time in a very short space of time yeah, of a time, a, so. yeah in a space of a number of months only with a yeah. lot of injury yeah I think that's, a, that's some of the things that people don't pick up on like every fighter fight's injured I don't care yeah. who you are everybody's got something and the thing was that's what the,
0: one of my points was to myself it was like this is for me I was doing a lot of sto- reading and stoic philosophy and obstacle is the way and mm-hmm. me being injured up my performance maybe better I was like, I can't go in, relax, and a place, sit and dance around. I've got a broken fucking hand. You have to I be switched to on. to switched yeah, on. You, can't, you can't believe anything. Yeah, I have to be so careful and that adrenaline's firing, you're so, you know, smart, so that helped me perform. Whereas if you all go in 100% fine, you're like, no, oh, I'm going to be amazing right now because I'm 100%. Then you get very lastly physical in there, and that's what's happening. Yeah, you can't be too relaxed. You you, you
2: say you spend a lot of time reading, like philosophy. You've touched on Eric as well, helping you with my same guy works with Jeff Hall as well. and Jeff learned all about him as well. A good wee bit in his YouTube video about how much it, it mm-hmm. m- molded his mind, especially for the last fight he had. You talk about like your mindset, you uh, reading a lot of philosophy. Yet your nickname is Taz. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> it know. is like it's the a yeah. yes, it is like the most unsuitable nickname for anybody I've ever seen in MMA. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: there's there's worse nicknames out there as well. Though aren't they, no, like? no, I think it's gr-
2: I, no. Don't get but, me wrong. I think it's a class nickname, but I just think it does not it doesn't suit you because you are literally like one of the most zen individuals you are able to (laughs) crush injuries basically with the power of your mind go through fight with broken hands come out with three titles Yet those aren't the actions of somebody who is reckless and crazy like the Tasmanian devil. Yeah. It's clearly not. It's somebody who is considerate. It's very zen, to Tasmanian devil. Very zen. Zen devil. <laughs> we, the zen, yeah, zen devil. 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 You see? Oh,
0: were, were, there
1: were you, we are. <laughs> were, you, were you always this sort of? Were you always this kind of a cerebral fighter? No, and, no, no. And then I'm, what was the genesis for that? Then what this, was, what was the is, point where you thought you know this is maybe something that I need to implement uh, or to supplement my training with?
0: Yeah. See, this is the thing. Is that's why I love to be able to teach and pass on all of these these things that I've learned in my career because. It's a full, it's almost a full circle thing, but it's a massive journey, and it's only because I came from a point of very low confidence, very low self-esteem, very low, um, say cardio, very low. All these things were so low, uh-huh. I got exposed, and I was like, I need to correct this. You know, mind frame was very low, and I was like, I need to, to fix it. So then I seeked out philosophy, I seeked out work. You know, I seeked out guys to help, and because of that, then it, it got me on the flip side of that where now it's a strength mm-hmm. you know I mean I would start a training like um, years and years ago I, I'd be physically sick before going to training sessions I was that nervous oh really just to go and train I, think that's,
1: I think that's going to surprise a lot of people yeah, that hear something yeah and
0: that, that's what people are surprised by and that's what I say when I started teaching I was like guys got very nervous going in and training and this and I was like I would be sick before going to sessions I was that nervous you know before competitions it was, it was terrible you know and it ended up coming full circle and then being like I'm, I'm sleeping in the locker room now, I'm so chill out and mm-hmm. all the rest of it, so it's only when you get pushed that far that you have to be like right, I need to change something here and then you seek out the, the remedy to it and then turn that into a strength
2: Have what? you no. been able to use that now, whenever you're coaching others, have you been able to pick out that trait that you had, because yeah. I, I can definitely see traits, whenever I'm coaching people I can see traits of what oh, yeah. I was like in certain people, and yeah. I'm like, oh shit, i can not that It's just guy. being
0: totally honest with people, it's like, listen like we're all human beings, so if you're telling me you don't feel any nerves here, and you've got this big fight coming up, then you're lying to me. Like, so mm-hmm. tell me how you feel. You know, are you doubting your skills or ability? Or are you are, are you focused on like, I keep getting guillotined and stuff, and I'm scared this is going to happen in the fight, and it keeps playing in my head. Talk to me about that, and then we'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but if if you're too hidden, you don't talk about fears or anxieties or issues you're dealing with, then you're not gonna be able to, to fix that. No, so, you're not gonna combat it. Effectively, no. you're definitely not. And that's the trait of, you know, good fighters and, and and the kind of champion mindset of like you just have to be completely out there and mm-hmm. just leave yourself out in the open to to learn from it. Like it's just in the, any type of training sessions. Like you have to have let go of your ego, go in and just put yourself out there, be ready to lose or you know, to, to get kind of beat so you can learn from it and improve, mm-hmm. you know, so just be upfront and just just tell your weaknesses so you can fix them.
1: I think know? fighting, especially MMA, is perhaps the most honest of all sports. Not just combat mm-hmm. sports, I think it's the most honest. If you have a flaw, it will yep. be exposed, whether very it be quickly. at the amateur level, the <clears throat> professional level. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important that you kind of dispel that bravado from the very beginning. It's you, just
0: the problem of, like, it's a, you're an MMA fighter, you're a cage fighter, you're a tough guy. There's still that, so ki- there's still that kind of... It's still, it is because it's miss, such miss a, miss a tough sport, sport, so you therefore... Can't be seen as being so called weak by not, you know what I mean? You should always be strong and shouldn't let any doubts in your head. You know, I broke down crying in training before. You know, I've sat down and and been in tears and stuff, and Rodney's had to comfort me and stuff, and you know, that's a common thing with a lot of guys, you know, and that's again that you don't hear about.
2: That is actually very, very true, and I'm sure everybody's had that. I remember actually. I was training with Dave Finley. I've got a million Dave Finley stories, but I was training with Dave and it was one of the only times where I have felt so frustrated I could have cried. Yeah. Because I've just been humiliated, Mm -hmm. brutally humiliated and as Brilliant and ego, as you probably think you have, being a competitor. And when you hit that low ebb, you're you're literally like feeling like you're broken. Yep. But after that, as what you've pointed out, that becomes a strength because yep. you've been at the low ebb. You know what it feels like, and you mm-hmm. didn't die, and you got over it. Yep. So when it happens again, you can get over it again. Yeah. Also, I, fighters are some of the most sensitive souls. Totally, Genuinely, I mean, that you've. I think it's a trait. I think, it's, it's, I think mm-hmm. it's something
0: that you need is that sensitivity. Almost, you mm-hmm. know. And my girlfriend will be testing at this, like you know, she's like. You know, I was <laughs> like, I'm a bit of a sensitive guy. You are you cry know? at movies? I can. Th- I was watching. What was I watching? You know that Netflix documentary about uh, blind dogs, or you know, uh, dogs eating the blind and everything. Like no, I, I seen the trailers oh, for Jesus. that. I no. saw the
1: trailer and thought that's enough for me. I, I couldn't watch, watch that. All
0: the guide dogs and all. Watch. No, I was. I, she looked over and I was starting to tear th- up. I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Toy oh,
1: you know. Story Three caught me. Have you seen oh, Toy Story 3? No, I, I watched Don't it. look at me like that. No, no, I haven't
0: seen it. I, I love Story Toy Story 3 or
1: 4. Toy Story 3. I haven't seen 4. It's 3 where... We watched it
0: last night there. It's 3 <laughs> where
1: they're, they're in the furnace. Right. Uh, have you seen Toy Story 3? Yes. Oh, it was, there's, there's there's a scene, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen spoiler, Toy Story Spoiler alert. Great movie. But there's a scene where all the toys are trying to get out of this furnace. They're slowly slipping <laughs> down into it. And there's a moment... And this is only about half an hour in in a kid's movie... Where they just accept it and hold hands. Oh, God. Before the furnace stops. <laughs> 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 Up.
2: Oh don't get me started First 20 up. minutes of Up oh, That no, is not a kids movie pho- It's not a kids the movie The photo book
1: Yeah not a kids movie Aye no, not a kids movie <laughs> But we dig- we digress Ever yeah. so slightly But yes Sensitive Fighters are some of those Sensitive it's souls It's emotional,
0: It's just And, and again There's like, so many quotes You can get from Bruce Lee But like emotional content And mm-hmm. you need that In fights And you can't be just Dead palm with no emotion. You need emotion. You mm-hmm. just need to, you know, control Could, it all you, you
1: can't be ambivalent in combat sports. You can Everything is, you know, it's on. Everything's on a knife edge. Yeah, do you and know what I mean? It's, so it's, the, it's the extreme highs, the extreme lows, uh, the passion, the even the the aggression. Everything's at an extreme. Yeah. So I think that kind of then, you know, it's just a natural process of osmosis. Those kind of things then bleed into. Your personal life, or maybe you have an element of that already, and it just becomes heightened because combat is more prevalent. Then,
2: at that point, obviously, fighting is a peak, it's a massive peak. Oh, yeah so when you're at the top of that obviously everything is magnified everything by far so whether it's emotion whether it's I don't know whatever else you're feeling on that time it is by far it's a magnified it's crazy crazy road like so it, it really is, is. No, it is one of those things people will say like it is a roller coaster but mm-hmm. you can feel the best you've ever felt in the world and you can feel like utter shit. it is it's like
0: just like you know if you can say about fights is you know you win you, you live and you, you lose you die mm-hmm. it's almost that feeling like, even you know, sometimes
1: in a win like if, if you have a win and it's not well, a yeah, peak performance you, that you want, yep. you can you can come away from a win oh God, feeling yeah, like I have, absolute
0: I, shit. I, I, I've had wins and I felt really annoyed, really pissed off, mm-hmm. and I've not felt good. And I've had losses and that felt I felt good. I'd be like, fuck it, I fucking went down there like that. Ronnie said, "Hey, I was like, yeah. I lost it, but I was fucking proud of myself." No, you didn't get the decision. everyone, yeah, everyone was kind of giving me compliments after. I was yeah. like, oh, you won that, blah, blah blah, and great fight, and, and that was great. it felt like I felt like a win. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I've won fights and they're like you just fucking stalled there and blah blah blah, and you're getting criticised for it, you yeah. know, so. That, that's the thing, and again, Norik, he, what he pointed out to me after, he ended up being in the corner for that FCC title fight, and uh, Aaron was a, a jiu-jitsu guy, and I ended up taking him down the last round, getting him into an arm triangle, and I couldn't get the finish, mm-hmm. and afterwards, I came back to the locker room, and I was fuming, I couldn't finish it, so I was trying to drill it, and figure out what I was doing wrong, and I was just angry, and he's like, no, 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 don't attach that negative emotion to your win,
1: you were talking there about not attaching a negative emotion to a positive experience because you'd, you'd won the bill. You know, that's that's a huge moment for you, another title win. But you were still attaching this negative notion because you hadn't necessarily finished the fight.
0: Yeah, and is that a psychological thing of attachment of a negative emotion to something that should be positive? It taints it, it quite a lot, mm-hmm. and that was a great lesson for me to learn. Is you know after the win, celebrate the win, take a, a week or two, and then analyze what could have been improved. You know, and you just don't need to beat yourself up after you've just, you've just won, you mm-hmm. know, so...
2: No, did you do a lot of self-analysis on fights? Did you go back and watch your old fights and then say, here's where I've improved or here's where I can improve or here's a trait?
0: Yeah, and, d- and likewise, I can go back to the previous fights and be like, shit, you know, I, I was a lot more aggressive there mm-hmm. or I would go this or that move and I forgot about that or maybe start doing that again. And mm-hmm. It is strange, I'm kind of going on a circular thing where, you know, you think you always have to change something or add something mm-hmm. each fight, but... What I realise is that like, I'm forgetting something as I add something new on. So it's almost coming back to the basics of what got yeah. me there. And You know, for me right now, I think it's pure enjoyment of competing. Mm-hmm. And obviously the last few fights I haven't gone my way, and it's created... The last one was very noticeable for me. There was a lot of pressure, stress. That was um, the, 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 the Sam Creasy fight? Sam Creasy fight. Now, my body was perfect for that, and my mind was in a really good place, and it felt, felt great. But it was, I have to win. I have to win. There's a lot of pressure on my shoulders. And there was no enjoyment in there. Mm-hmm. The know, whole process wasn't mm-hmm. enjoyable for you? Mid, you know, mid-fight. There's fights I've been in before, and I'm smiling. I'm like, yeah, let's get this, you know, mm-hmm. you know. And there was none of that. It was just, let's just go out and go through the, the motions here of what I've shown myself to do for this. And it felt like work. All the training sessions felt like work. And it wasn't, I'm doing this for pure passion and love of this, that I want to compete for fun. It was... I have to do this for a career and how do you change that then how do you change that mindset well again you know, it's something I don't think you can force and that's what you mm-hmm. say you know I, I say to people that want to compete like, are you hungry enough like I think that's hunger is the key if you really want to compete and you're I mean I've had that I've been like you know starving for fights you know that real real hunger and that means I'll do like I said broken hand or whatever yeah. but it doesn't matter it's forgotten about it. Like, I want that so badly and that's what I need so it's literally just taking my time until that, that passion's where it needs to be and then forget everything else, go in and just have fun. And for that fight in particular, game plan was, was great going in, but crazy moved differently, moved kind of karate style. Mm-hmm. And when you do a game plan and it works, like mine worked perfect on boxers and kickboxers and Muay Thai guys. And that's what most people fight as, that's type of style. I wasn't doing it at karate practitioners and their movement was just so different uh, he's, and he's built differently he's a yeah. straight he's his body mechanics yes, are a little bit strange just, especially for 125
2: yeah, well, and five, but yeah
0: and as well as that every fight i watched he came forward took the guy down did his grappling in this fight he went in the back foot and he did like Karate points style fights so yeah it threw, you know threw me off and the best thing I learned afterwards was um obviously not that I'd pressure get to me and, and uh, stress and enjoy what I'm doing mm-hmm. but Rodney said screw game plans for you right now it doesn't matter anywhere the fight goes you can you can handle it mm-hmm. so go out and just see how you get on like just, just feel the fight and almost kind of be more in the moment and it was literally be in the moment adapt and just for me I was like I'm not going to go to the ground but when that game plan wasn't working I should have been like right I'll take him down now mm-hmm. you know and I never, never tried and anytime I had hands on me I felt Fuck, I'm stronger here I could maybe mm-hmm. you know but do you, do you now work with a game plan? I mean, the game plans have worked for me in the past yeah. and got me my title. You know, I had Brian uh, Morgan, you know, an amazing, yeah. amazing boxer. like, And he's, he gave me amazing game plans and, and got me to such a great level, mm-hmm. the striking, and, and led me really to win that um, that world title against
2: mm-hmm. Wooding. But at that point... Which was I'm... a great fight, by the way. Brilliant win. Yeah, if you haven't seen that, guys, go and search for that fight. It's it was different. Dominic Wooding, Bellator veteran, who Andy... <laughs> finished that oh, did you finish it did you, yeah, you finish yeah, right. third 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 like yeah, yeah. Really so choke. that was another phenomenal performance again so I mean.
1: there's there's a moment in that fight I think it's maybe about midway through the third round he's up against the cage and the mm. two of you are just punching yeah. slipping yeah, rolling yeah. It, it was and amazing so
0: there's a movement that practiced with Brian I don't know how many times um, he brought in uh, one of the guys and I can't remember his name but he fought Frampton and he brought him, him in to spar with me and he was a southpaw and it was just all about slipping that straight comeback coming back with the cross uh-huh. and I threw it and landed it in that fight mm. and it was just it was a subtle thing, it was a fast thing but it was just, it worked great for me and uh, yeah, I felt a, a, like an
2: amazing kind of sense of flow during that, mm. that fight like, but do um, you think that, I, I don't believe in game plans totally don't believe in them I always describe them as being too bordered yeah, because sometimes somebody will you know, basically burn this into their own mind, yes. and they have to do it. Yes. If I do it, I'll definitely win. Yep. And then when you're trying it and trying it and trying that's it, more. and it's coming up against a brick wall, and you're not, it's not working. They're not you're allowing sh- themselves to be, not allowing to, to be malleable. You're not allowing them to be malleable. So I, yes. that's why I, I don't really work with them. I would say a round goal rather than a game plan. Yes. So you give yourself a goal but for that round. I, I
0: was always the same opinion. Um, I, th- I think now where my mind's at is that a loose game plan is good, get a bit of an idea, like you said, be malleable and adapt, mm-hmm. but certain fighters, like Wooding, he's got a particular style. Yes. And, you know, the, you need to know how to fight a southpaw. Yeah, oh, you So can, you can virtually to, predict what's going to happen. Yeah, so you can be like, right, you know, against that style of a counterfighter southpaw, and he likes to throw these hands and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's better to drill that just in case, you know, and rather than be like I'm not going to even worry about it I'm just going to think about other stuff and just mm. do my own thing so and there's there, an element of muscle memory attached to it yeah I think you need to drill a game plan to, to a certain extent even
1: just something simple like not stepping into there straight as opposed to where you would have been slipping you know
0: orthodox fighters yeah 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 so it was just awareness there that's mm-hmm. all it was building awareness of the opponent you're facing and then to play into where you've got the most leverage mm. and uh, you know and but like I said I think that was exactly spot on with the last fight pull too much of an indie game plan and did not adapt quick enough in there. Yeah. Um, and then with too much pressure on my shoulders. The best performance enhancer in my mind is fun. You
2: know, yeah. if you're having fun, you are
0: having can be you to creative throw, too. Yeah. Creativity. And when I'm having fun in there, like I know my performance is great, but I'm mm. like, like not having fun, you're very tense and you, know, you just and it don't becomes have much,
2: too much there. As you said, it becomes too
0: much like a job. Like a job, and that's kind of what it felt like in mm. the last one. So as my girlfriend Stacy said to me, she's like, walking out for that fight and not look happy or you didn't mm. want to be there so it was just you were ready to go through the emotions of it but there was just stress whereas when Reese McKee walked out he was happy to be there he really wanted mm-hmm. to get in and that's there's so many things to this and then at these levels that, you know that's all title fights so title contender fights I'm in and, you know that one was the, the Cage Warriors title yeah. contention and when you're at that level there's so many wee small things need to be on point and a simple mindset. Yeah, you're not going to get away with anything. No, no. A, against a lesser fighter, would have won that night, but not against like top guys. Like but as you, as you
1: say, consistently now for years, you've been fighting number one contender fights, title fights. Does that in and of itself take its toll, or does it, does that almost you know confirm your place within the sport? Is it, is it gratifying, or does it bring its own set of problems?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely gratifying. I mean, it's nice to look at the career and be like, you know, fought some top guys and had all these fights. I mean, that was. I can't remember what it was like seven or eight title fights in a row or something yeah. and always different parties <laughs> that's in pretty so, cool, like, and, yeah. and that's pretty cool and that's something I've kind of came to say now is that records are for DJs and titles are for champions and like just the, all these things and stuff that, that, that kind of keep your mindset there and the thing is that, you know, I've lost those last few fights but my confidence hasn't waived at all like, I feel, uh-huh. feel great like, I feel like the best technically I've ever been but like I said it's just wee small details in the fights that kind of don't go away sometimes, but you just you deal with, move on, you know. Are you get anything planned now? Any
2: fights coming up or anything booked or well,
0: anything? Well, I what I had, had organised, um, it was meant to be a fight in the Ukraine uh, to get back to that WWFC title mm-hmm. against Blaine Driscoll now because he stepped in and he, he got the win, yeah. um, so he had that title. I was going to get a contender match, um, so I was going to fight. I can't even remember the guy's name. Uh, some Ukrainian. I was going to uh, fight him then in September. Driscoll. Uh but I think that's exclusive with Bellator now I think yeah well that fight fell through um, so that never happened I was kind of waiting on something but it's uh, it's worked out for the best you know because to be honest like I said timing's everything and I need to feel it's the right time and um, I was to you guys earlier about uh, the, the new gym that I'm creating mm-hmm.
2: so yeah uh, Kind of that, yeah, yeah, totally please let, let do it, you want it be. Drop away exclusive. Exclusive, yeah. yeah so so get, get, tell us more about that. You should kind of just very briefly again glossed over something that you're gonna do, which is pretty damn amazing. So can you give us the lowdown on A why you wanted to do this, B where it is, C what its name is and D what's gonna be involved.
0: Yeah, so um, basically myself and Arnold Santos, um, now one of the top professional fighters, you know, one of my, my closest friends and uh, number one training partners, like the two of us are just
1: mirrors of each other. He's also owner of one of my favourite knockouts ever. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. He fought in the Ulster Hall.
2: 20, 22nd London. that the, yeah. against the Brazilian dude? Yep, yeah, the Brazilian,
1: the Brazilian dude with a massive um, head. Yes,
2: he's having a head back. <laughs> that was great.
1: Yeah. Just completely, like, if you listen back to the, the, the commentary of that, myself and Noel O'Keefe just lose our shit.
2: It's be- <laughs>
0: it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful yeah. game.
1: sorry. sorry. So
0: yeah, no, that's what I mean. It was, it was awesome, Like, So, no, Arnold's Arnold great. And uh, basically, I've been running, you know, ATY MMA for the last year or two. And uh, me and Arnold have been talking, and, you know, we've wanted to kind of get somewhere going ourselves. And I just I spotted this opportunity. Um, obviously, being in Newton-Orange-Banger area, there's, there's nothing really there in terms of MMA, um, you know, other, other than mine. But again, it's, it's kind of, in a variety of locations I'm hitting, I wanted to get a base you know a huge facility based out of bangor and have all the state-of-the-art you know training equipment and have everything good to go me and arnold um, then decided then we're going to take somewhere so we are now opening a hybrid mma which is based in the center of bangor um which is just opposite the train station it's you can't miss it when you go into bangor massive facility huge windows uh, you'll you'll see it as soon as you go in and Yeah, we're we're hoping to kick off the whole thing in the first few weeks of October here. Um, Everything's getting finalised, but the place is is going to be state-of-the-art, you know, and, you know, with me and Arno on board and stuff, you know, we're going to make sure this is a real professional institute. Yeah. And it's that mixture of, I want to have those martial arts virtues, you know, respect and honour and integrity and get those virtues out there and, and get that real martial arts kind of vibe going with the modern kind of, you know, athleticism we're training athletes here it's professional you know everything's going to be done you know by it's, the also a wealth of, it's
1: also a wealth of knowledge with the
0: two of these yeah, for I mean, you know I think if, if anybody's wanting to get involved in martial arts in that area if you're from the North Down area you, not really, that's a fucking huge place it's, it's massive and you know it's, it was originally a gym years ago and we're going to build it up and expand it as it goes along. But there's sauna's in there, there's steam rooms in there, there's there's it's a place. Oh, why? Yeah, there's a place we could have set up for uh, fighter accommodation and everything, get That's in international terrific. fighters. Like, and I can't miss it. You're outside the train station there, and mm-hmm. behind it's it's brilliant. So, uh, yeah, we're hoping to get that kicked off in a few weeks' time, and just so excited for it. It's been mm-hmm. something I've wanted for a long time. And, and then, um, is it going to have a Facebook page, Instagram? Yeah, page? Yeah, so all the social media, um, socials, everything, on all the socials. Yep, yeah. it should all be done this week. So. Uh, you know I'll get it out there and stuff so you know anyone wants to give out a share <laughs> goes, you yeah, know 100%. work away um, that's, that's hybrid MMA hybrid MMA yeah so again we thought that hybrid name was, was great because that is what, what MMA stars. is. Yeah, yeah of course. it's an it's a amalgamation of everything together um, so yeah so you're getting that kicked off but you know Arnold's a perf- perfect guy to work with you know he's a very intelligent guy mm-hmm. uh, very very uh, you know professional and uh, training athletes and does he trains race for his strength and conditioning and stuff with him and it's just done precise and we're gonna have this team like you know done It's gonna be
1: problem. a one stop shop as opposed to yeah. of days where you had fighters having to do maybe their kickbox in one place, their box in another place, their strength and conditioning another mm-hmm. place, go to a different guy for the, the their nutrition. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have everything localized and and that's gonna take
0: a lot of stress away from fighters, mm-hmm. and yes. also for yourself, rather yeah, than being this well, nomadic coach it. going from place to yeah. place. and then even my own training, I think, will improve from that because I've got I can walk to it. It's five ten minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. Walk down to it, and just I'll have everything there ready to go. And where again, where Bangor is, like we've got the Castle Park full far stretch mm-hmm. side of the gym. We doing runs around that yeah. before classes. We've got mm-hmm. the beach. We do Wim Hof training down there and jump mm-hmm. in the water. It's so it's it's really going to take off, and I'm just excited for for to get going. So a lot of a lot of things are branching out from it. Like I said, it's the centre. Of not only mixed martial arts and that, but you know, it's the whole mindset. Like I said about MMA, it's just developing individuals and helping mm-hmm. them get, you know, build their life and, and become the best possible selves for the, you know for each other. So. Uh, mindset training you know um, get guys doing Wim Hof breathing and, and things that the help of meditation mindfulness mm-hmm. you know uh, my girlfriend does she's a behaviour therapist and we thinking about doing autism friendly classes like oh that's a great idea a that's of, a cracking idea. Yeah. yeah there's, there's yeah. a lot of wee things that we're going to tap into and stuff so mm-hmm. Um, she's a yeah. behavioral therapist. behavioural does she therapist she'll analyse you. She does, yeah.
2: I she's guarantee she's <laughs> sitting there analysing the absolute fuck out of you on a regular basis. Yeah, cases. yeah she's,
0: nah, she, she catches me out a lot, like, so she's very good. She, uh, you could even argue with her? N- no. It's virtually impossible. <laughs> it's going to be impossible the other day. It is. Yeah, you just have to agree with everything. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: any, any little thing you do, so. Why do you think you did that? Are you, are you talking to a certain way? Why are you using that hand gesture? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yes. You're touching so, your face again, Andrew. Does that mean you're lying? I've <laughs> so, worked with an NLP therapist before, and everything gets micro-analysed to the point where are just like, I don't think I want to talk to you anymore. Now, I'm going to
2: leave. Oh, leaving, are you? Yes, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, that's. Yeah. It sounds absolutely amazing. Yeah. Phil did say, like, both yourself and Arno have uh, an absolute wealth of knowledge, and... Right very, at the very start of so the show, you said, like, you know, it's about paying that thing back to people, paying yeah. forward the, what you've been given. Yeah. And here's a perfect example of doing it. Plus, you're doing something that you love and you're giving back to your local area. Yeah. You're giving back to the MMA community as a whole. Yeah. What, is, what does that mean? Does that mean that you're going to stop trading with Rodney or you're going to stop No, No, of course,
0: no I'll, I'll not be stopping trading. Obviously, Balmain is, you know, it's always been a hike to get up to, but it's been, I've enjoyed that because... And a thing I'll do as well, and our wee trick is just, it's an hour drive to get up there. I'll use that hour to be productive. I'll, well, that, I'll hour's, that. Yours. That's That's hour's yours? That's entirely mine. Yeah. So I used to just be thinking about what I'm going to do when I get there, what drills I'm going to do, what techniques I'm going to do. And then the hour back, I'll analyse everything mm-hmm. while I'm driving. But now, you know, I'll do that, but I'll also have, say, audiobooks on. So after your drive up there I've read a book you know it's, mm-hmm. it's, so you do that that drive four or five times a week you can get through quite a few books what, what sort you of know. books are you reading do you use Audible uh, yes yes you got like
2: Audible or just, yeah. you know got some good YouTube kind of speeches and talks mm-hmm. And what what sort of give us an idea What give us a book that you're reading
0: um, so you got The Atomic Habits right very good um the Obstacle Is the Way is probably my favorite by Ryan Holiday. The obstacles. The obstacle is the way. Right. Okay. It's, it's phenomenal. You know, I, I can't speak more highly of that book. Um, there's, a, there's a. I mean, I can give you a big list of, of books and stuff like that, but.
2: Um, I'm yeah. absolutely consuming a monstrous amount of books yes, like that well, at the moment. Yes, Atomic
0: Habits is great. Um,
2: so, that's Atomic awesome. Habits, I'll definitely have a go at that. One for you, which I think you would absolutely love, is The Rise of Superman, if you haven't had a chance oh, to Jesus. read this. Oh, Jesus, yeah,
0: that's all my right, flow, isn't it? Pretty yes. much, Yes, yeah. I've read it, read it, yes, oh, no. all have, have you read it?
2: Yep. It's just unbelievable. Amazing, um, yes. Obviously, there's a couple of other ones. Have you read Shoe Dog, the Phil Knight story? no. About no. The, the building of Nike? You go, oh, that sounds like yeah. shit get on it it's brilliant it starts to it really is one of those things where it discussing mindset this is yeah. somebody who has this indomitable spirit this true belief it's fantastic so that's why I, that's why I do ask people and you can see he's not a lot of mindfulness psychology oh, stuff yeah. that I listen to as well
0: we got um, D- David Goggins is, all of his stuff he's a well, very I, intense
2: dude he is oh, you know, super intense dude very intense I really liked his book but uh, that, that's actually really good change your thoughts change your mind Wayne Almost, Dyer have you yes. heard of that no 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 that's actually very very good as well and obviously The Power of Now the Eckhart Tolle oh, book yes, if you of read course. that yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, I find his voice kind of weird but I think that's, that's again <laughs> that's one of those
0: things that goes back to teaching is that you can be the best you know Technically you have so much knowledge, but it's how you teach it and you even just having that excitement and the energy mm-hmm. and, and just being articulate or just knowing when to keep it simple, when not to, and to being able to engage people, to, being able just to just a lot to teach and being get. able to engage a room, yep. being able to engage 10, 15, 20 people that are here, that in and of itself uh, is incredibly difficult. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's the just the energy you bring to yeah. it. You know, when I go saying with Dan over doing that guilting seminar, like he was just very well spoken, very articulate, and he was just great at explaining things and you mm-hmm. would just be able just to sit and listen to him for hours. You get someone like that that, that's you know Mm. going to be a great way to learn from you know it's just people like that so just all the stuff i pick up on and try and work on you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah, but no, yes, very, very excited for that, for that gym and stuff, and we'll have, like I said, we've got that area for all the training, and then physiotherapy, and my, my brother Chris is a physiotherapist, got, you know, beating up fighters and then putting them back together again. Yeah, it's, 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 it's to go going to help absolutely everything.
2: Are you going to yeah. do an opening, or what are you going to
0: yeah, do? Yeah, so I think I was talking to you guys before, it's probably half-release as well, uh, Steven Seagal will be here in November, so he may or may not be attending here, so <laughs> he's in <being laughs> contact, we'll say that. Unbelievable. Steven, uh, Seagal, so. I'll be class. He'll, he'll maybe, be... if you turn up, be just never know. Um, Absolutely amazing. So yeah, so we'll get him down and So the the, the official opening would be planned for in and around so, November time? Yeah, so we'll say we'll have a soft opening and then October and then if you know Big grand official one, Class. you know, get the balloons out and stuff. on November time for that actually that could be a good. I'll oh, be great, and you know, I'll just get everyone down. So mm-hmm. like, there's plenty of space for everyone. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll have it all good to go and stuff. So that sounds all awesome. for that. Yeah.
2: You have now obviously you're building your own little um, group of mm-hmm. competitors. Um, have you, is there anybody that you have now that you can see moving forward that you think is going to be? One of yeah, of the next guys
0: there's a, there's a lot of great guys and like, there's so much talent I'm sure you, mm-hmm. you've seen it too Andy like, you see the next generation fighters it's, it's scary it's mm-hmm. absolutely scary you see this, some of the videos I'm ever sharing Like you get like 6-7 year old kids that are just throwing off like flying on bars just rules. rolls like oh it's mad I'm He's glad the advances
2: kid. in medical science are keeping up because by the time those kids get the are about 18 or 19 they're all fucked yeah,
0: yeah, totally. Will. I know it's it's getting that balance between training and stuff, but making sure the bodies are kept right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'll say that you know, the likes of Joe Beck and stuff is one of the, my top students. And, uh, Had a great fight against uh, Ushi yeah. oh. oh. Fox and Rackham, another like brilliant Mass prodigy. And, mm-hmm. and that's the thing is so, that like you have Joe and you look at him, you're like, he will smash everyone, and then you realize. Hang on, there's other prodigies out there and too, yeah. like and they're constantly fighting each other. Uh-huh. So and they're kids, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. Joe, nineteen now. Joe uh, no, just, just 18, he just just turned eighteen. Just turned eighteen. 18, 18. years yeah. old. That's terrifying. So Seventeen, that ocean fight, and like yeah, the two of those guys. It's it was a brilliant a, fight. But that's why I said Joe, and he was confident enough. that I was like, I'm not giving you an easy fight. I want to give you a test. Yeah. If you if you're lacking confidence, I'm not going to give you a, a killer fight. You're going to get one that is going to make sense for you. But if you want to test yourself and you're a good, strong, state in mind. Then, you know you need to take fights like that mm-hmm. and that was a great fight and opportunity for the two of them and they had a great
2: war So I think what said the most about that fight was that was one of the fights that people were talking about after the show yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. they didn't go, reliable, go oh did you see that was the first the, fight yeah. on the court and did, everybody afterwards was mm-hmm. like holy shit did you yep. see these two yep. uh, like, they were and, absolutely unbelievable yeah he's coming off a loss but he's enhanced his reputation that, even further we were saying
0: before loss doesn't mean everything it's the performance and that's what I say to the guys don't focus on winning or losing you focus on your performance just perform at your best and everything takes care of itself. Mm-hmm. And the, the you know performance is based on your preparation. So prepare your best, it gives you the confidence to perform them
2: at your best. You know, so you know if you cut corners, I, you know you know, I, I, you'll get you, no, you can't hide in game. No, there's nowhere to find. I always run this with the same deal as running. I, I make a parallel between oh, yes. MMA, yep. boxing, yep. and running because you train with the team, but you do it by yourself. And yes. if you don't put the work in, it shows on the day. Yes. You might be able to perform okay for like two or three miles of a marathon and then you'll, the wheels will come off. It's the same as MMA. You might be able to do two or three things really, really well, yep. but it's not going to be enough uh, and that's because just what, you haven't put the
0: work in. It's a, it's a similar kind of metaphor because there's guys that are very impatient to fight mm-hmm. and they're like... There's, there's clan wars coming up here in a couple of months like I really want to fight in that I was like right so what have you been training for it? it's like well I was going to wait till I get the fight offer then I was going to train I was like, well no <laughs> doesn't work doesn't oh, work like do that I know is a idea. and it's like look the fight's in a month from now you know and mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, yeah. there's other fights down the line. but you not want to wait until you're ready? It's just like saying there's marathons next week. I was going to. I wanted to do a marathon at some point in my life, yeah, so I'm going to have a go well, at one. one then. It's the it's, like, yeah. same. M- not wait until you're
1: it's you're same, It's forth? the same mentality as people that say, "I'm going to get fit before I go to the gym." I oh, love God. that that oh, puts I my head that. away it's the number one I, love that. I think it's the number one thing like, you tell people to come down and do some training with you oh I need to get fit, first. Get fit first you, and get, fit, shape. you, know you, you get, get fit you get fit by
2: training yes and yeah. people obviously know the psychology of a group training environment there's something that, as a coach you'll pick up on very quickly yeah. the psychology of a group training environment people get better together yeah. faster yes. people know that because you'll latch you on to somebody who's marginally better than you yeah. or marginally worse than you and they will pull you along yeah. and, and that, that's how that works it's,
0: it's again human beings it's just natural insecurities and stuff and there's Often wrong with it. Like I'm sure I've mm-hmm. been there myself. It's just they want to wait until they feel very very confident in themselves and then they can come down and you know it's very scary to come down to the first class and, oh as you, that, you know,
1: it's just to, like Sunday mornings we spar on Sunday mornings oh. I still get nerves yeah. going on a Sunday yeah, yeah. morning knowing that, I'm, knowing that just knowing the type of guys yeah. we have in the gym Like we have it's Troy Gibson the... fuck off <laughs> uh, do you know Troy at all no he's oh, big man. big big six foot four or something uh, just
0: oh, yes, on, keeps
1: yeah. you at the end of his punches uh, and serious. then every so often just wheels a body shot in. absolutely I, I, I terrible
2: punch there's an inevitability about it this is it's true we were body and he punched me in the leg and it was so fucking sore <laughs> it's like a dead leg I was like oh you fucking it's bastard. like a dead leg and straight away body shot I was like that's totally unfair you're 12 yeah. feet tall stop it it's really depressing <laughs> Supremely t- but He's one of those creatures That we were yep. just discussing This yep. new breed of athlete Is that 22 who, or something? Yeah oh who Literally I guarantee If he decided to play snooker tomorrow He'd be amazing at he snooker is play darts, He's fighting
1: He's uh, fighting Sean McCormick On the next Clan Wars yeah.
2: For the I think it's the
1: Super lightweight belt I think it's it is Super welterweight Super it? welterweight yeah, As I was saying Troy's fighting yeah. Sean McCormick uh, For one of the Clan Wars belts see the off the top of my head, it's either the, the super lightweight or super welterweight, but that's again an example of two young guys. I think it's, they're both twenty two, and huge lads with unbelievable talent. You, you know, uh, Troy himself is a former Club Wars champion. Yeah, Sean is an incredibly talented. Can a future champion. So that, that's that's uh, you know an unbelievable fight, and just speaks to what we're talking about about the young amateurs coming through who are so well rounded uh, that you know when I was twenty two. I wasn't competing on the band. I was.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I suppose was, was whenever, whenever I was 22 it was, it was competing in Cage Wars actually which was at the time probably Europe, European yeah. most prevalent MMA yeah. show but you were never that talented mm-hmm. and there wasn't anybody there that talented. I don't care who you were. You mm-hmm. probably saw a, a glimpse of somebody and I can put people into that bracket like, uh, remember, did you ever see Joachim Hansen fighting?
0: Oh yeah. Uh, uh, Hellboy.
2: When watching, yeah, when watching him on Cage Wars at the time thinking he's pretty damn talented. Yeah. You know, but now looking at these people back you know, going back in time with this mythical time machine that I obviously have, you can clearly see that the guys of today are far in advance of well, what these people are.
0: Again, this is one of the coolest things that I, I think about MMA is that you can get the best training ever. You could be a black belt and be mm-hmm. and like just the most amazing guy in every style of sport and an incredible fighter, but you can't train hard. Yeah. And Dylan Douglas prime yes. up of that.
2: foot Wait a second. check something
0: saying
1: about uh, Dylan Douglas there his last fight he fought um, a legitimate Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt yeah. and he never looked outclassed on the ground at all took him to a three round decision mm-hmm. and fought beautifully there was stages of that fight where lesser people would have looked for an out but he yeah. was in it the whole time so yeah. it's, that's not really something you can teach that heart that yeah. level of endeavour exactly so is that just something that's
0: Dylan's got amazing hearts for yeah. those, you know. and yeah, that's what I know about it you know, um, heart and hunger and desire mm-hmm. and you know, passion, persistence, consistency, like all these things that they can't, you can't train on someone. So if someone comes to me and they've just got that crazy passion and hunger to compete and, you know, you can just say that he will not quit. Mm-hmm. That's someone you can mold. Whereas you give guys that are naturally talented, they get very lazy, they get very full of themselves. And that's a dangerous path to be on, like, so... Yeah, definitely. You it know. don't mean it's them
2: leaving or yeah. quitting because they oh, well. didn't get to the, the level that they thought they would get to so fast. Exactly. And they automatically think well then it's maybe not for me because talent comes naturally does come naturally to some people yeah yeah, they're just naturally inclined Some players to do well and I think it doesn't matter what they choose to do talent can come naturally you can see these people are also prone to getting bored very quickly and then either deciding it isn't for them or walking away or they get a first hard day and that's them done we've all seen it you have seen it happen time and time again
0: it's a very dangerous thing too if they are getting told by everyone fuck you're the next big thing you're very talented Mm -hmm. there's pressure on your shoulders now like you know if they lose that's all crumbling down, you know, there's, it's a tough thing. Like, we're all human beings, like, a lot of people really do crumble and everyone's expecting you to win and you're expected to do well and you're expected to do this. Yeah, living up to that can be very difficult, you know,
1: so... I'm sure that's something you've had to deal with in your career, especially... In Northern Ireland, with the MMA community mm-hmm. being so small, it's everybody tiny, yeah. knows each other. Yeah. Have you ever had to deal with that almost the weight of expectation when it comes to your competitive career?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that was that was a good thing for me. Like I started like, out like, like, the pro career with a few losses, albeit it was the.
2: You fight, you fight, you no, fight guys at featherweight, but... <laughs> lightweight, like <laughs> yeah. Brian
1: Murray Deke Dalton,
2: Philpot. <laughs> yeah. Phil yeah, you're so. not fighting like you're not fighting anybody there. Yeah. You're not getting eased into professional no.
0: ranks there at no, all. No, no, no. So I, that was a tough kind of start to it, like, but. Yeah, no, for sure. It's just, just one of those things you got to deal with and move, move forward from. But, yeah, it's just keeping the confidence high and making sure that, you know, there was never really too much pressure on my shoulders because that set me off to be like, well, not that I'm expected to, you know, not necessarily get the win, but uh-huh. there wasn't high expectations. Like, you're, you are you have to win this fight or, like, we're just expecting you to win it. It's like they're tough fights. We don't know how it's going to go.
2: Yeah, but I, I also talk about fighting Daggy Dalton. Daggy Dalton is one yeah. of them. I, he it just seems to have been around forever and yeah, Decky yeah. I'm a massive fan of Deky's and Deky's not even 30 yet no. was he 28? yeah I think he was 27, 28 he is fantastic to watch mm-hmm. um, so what was it like fighting somebody like He who is obviously incredible at in what he does yeah, I was terrible <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. no I mean i tell you again like you know
1: and and the fight was off. at 66 kilos as well. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're a yeah. natural 125 fighter, and yeah. that fight was at 145.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the kind of the story is, you know, I won by knockout in my last amateur fight. Um, Michael Sintou knocked him out, and everyone was buzzing over that fight. And I was like, I was at university at the time, and I was like, that fuck. was the French guy, yeah. Which was
1: essentially, you say an amateur fight it was essentially semi-pro.
0: Yeah. Sure. The Cage Wars fight, you know, i probably, you know, remember that second fight at High Cage Wars two well ten minutes before walking out I was told elbows are illegal and you can there's five minute rounds that's a pro fight and, that's that, pro fight. and I was like okay <laughs> and yeah. then we came out I got elbowed elbow twice in the face got
2: angry and then knocked him out but it was it was a totally different you know that <laughs> was like, the way it's it was that's one of those weird like weird things about what MMA used to be people won't catch on the wild west yeah it yeah. kind of was a wild west and then you had really you had
0: pro B pro C, C yeah. rules, and also the first three fights were pro B so there was no there was no elbows uh-huh. so it was very strange and, and the, the, there the was the four minute rounds yeah, as well
2: pro C was there was no head strikes so in the ground yeah, it was a something. very strange time <laughs> see in fairness I thought all oh, that was a big massive pile of shit yeah because it, was, it, it was, just confused everybody so much because people thought well why? and I don't know if we were the only ones doing it in Northern Ireland I don't know I don't think I don't, it was I, very strange it was, it was a silly idea <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a silly idea no, it was because you're not going to mould anybody you're not going to make anybody a star you're yeah. just confusing the fuck out of the fans you're going like is this why is he not trying? elbowed him in the exactly. head right? exactly yeah. and then yeah. the next fight people are getting elbowed and just
0: then I had a fight when I, um, I fought where was I was fighting I was fighting in Clam Wars um Against Paddy, um, Paddy Blight. Paddy Blight, yep. And I think after I, I'm good friends with Paddy now. I'm actually worked together. Um, but he was saying, "Why did you have an elbow me?" And I was like, "You weren't allowed to me. I was it was pro." He's like, "No, like I was told you I was allowed to.
2: Like I was." At the <laughs> I was like, "All oh, right, okay." It's so, Paddy Blight is another tough dude. Yeah, he's tough. He's yeah, uh, tough, incredibly yeah. tough guy. <laughs> yeah, no, he's great. He's a good crack. Like. Yeah, he's moved on then. Like. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Mm. No, he's a good crack.
1: you also had a pair of cracking fights with James McElhinney yeah first yeah, fight, yeah first fight was uxc yeah fuck i was annoying that mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was, I was another another three rounder yeah yeah another yes, three right rounder
0: here. um i know obviously that was a tough tough decision there as well but like i said it was after that it got me pissed off and i was like right i had a keith cody fight organized mm-hmm. yeah. two weeks after and that's actually where the beard came from <laughs> so i was really pissed off again it was a case of you know my opinion i hadn't lost the fight and it was a really controversial decision. Mm-hmm. Well, know. that's why it was happens. that's why it was
1: ran back fairly quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so after that, I mean, I remember walking backstage. I was like, I'm fucking done with them. I'm not doing any more bullshit. Getting all annoyed. And then I was like, right, settled. After a few days, I was like, right. Fuck this! You know, I just went feral. <laughs> I just got really, <laughs> real fucking rocky four like, and then I was like, I'm not even letting this beard. I'm not. i shaving this beard. This beard's thin. So I'm I just left. I just wanted, it, yeah, I just wanted to get that real fucking rugged, like fuck it, rocky four type of vibe. So I had the beard grow out and everything, and you know, went in and fucked Keith Cody, and I was like, just fucking, you know, I wanted to get in there mm-hmm. and just tear into pieces and. You know, I think I was one of the better performances I had and stuff went in and, and that's an example of when in between rounds like, a full pot was, covering, was cornering me and he's like do you want this and I was like fucking right I want this and I was shouting I want to fucking win this uh-huh. and you know, I got out and got the win and uh, you know that, that was that hunger and stuff but uh, no it was funny because everyone after was, was complimenting the beard work and the, how the beard was and it's been here ever since so <laughs> that's kind of the origins of that but uh, digressing a bit there um, Speaking of
1: origins, just me you say, like I'm, I'm a huge superhero fan, so I love origin stories. Yes. We haven't even touched on how you became involved in martial arts or how you became involved in MMA. Yeah. We, we, haven't, we haven't even touched on
0: that. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, so I started with traditional Japanese Jiu Jitsu when mm-hmm. I was five. Um, kind of really wanted to be like brother um, Chris and he started with Jiu Jitsu and stuff and always looked up to him a lot mm-hmm. um, and he would always come back and be showing me moves and we'd be watching Power Rangers would be watching like Jackie Chan movies what an inspiration who was oh, your favourite Ranger uh, probably go with the Green That's Ranger. Fair. Uh, he had an MMA fight as well he, he, did, he had right. a few yeah, David uh, yeah, Jason Frank yes mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well. one by Bar, I think mm.
0: yeah so, <laughs> sorry, sorry he, Power
1: Rangers he was trying to get the fight with CM Punk CM Punk oh, oh,
0: that would be great so, the um,
1: Power Rangers started as is is an inspiration.
0: Yeah, um, like Dragon Ball Z and like all this, you know. So I was just very, very inspired by all that. Mortal Kombat. Like I don't know how many times we listened to the music and we're fighting each other. And, uh, <laughs> so I was just. I mean, I was just exposed. I mean, I was just seeking out all types of like martial arts. And it was like, always
1: something that was in your sphere of influence. Yeah, my,
0: my granddad would sit down and make me watch Bruce Lee movies with him and we loved it. Class. So I had all this going. So I did tra- Japanese Jiu-Jitsu till I was like, a teenager. And then when I was like fifteen or so, my brother started doing kickboxing, and again I guess I kind of followed his, you know, him too. And where were you doing Billy that? Billy Murray's. Oh, Billy so Murray's. I we around to Billy's and, and trained there for a year or two, and then started doing Taijutsu, which is more of like a street fighting style. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, that was the first club you fought out of professionally. Mm-hmm. Was it? you yeah. were Still with Taijutsu MMA. Yeah, so I, I was there. Um, so basically, I did Taijutsu and sport jiu was was the thing I was was kind of going so don't know if you're familiar with it.
1: Leads us into the Danny Core. Yes,
0: Danny so Yeah, so, uh, you know, that came on and I got asked to be on the squad to so represent Ireland, me and Danny and a few other guys, Paddy Ritchie and, and Roland Prentonville and all the rest of the guys. We went off to Jersey. <laughs> yeah, great <laughs> team. So went off to Jersey, competed. A few years later, I went to Vegas and competed and won the, the title and um, came back. And again, MMA wasn't really, there wasn't too many clubs going. So mm-hmm. I came back and a lot of the tightest, you guys that, we're big into MMA we're like right we're going to just start our own club so that was at the Frames Complex in Belfast uh-huh, yeah. so we kind of figured out a lot of the stuff ourselves and we just started competing and um, after, after a year or two um, got the big wins got the knockout mm-hmm. win and uh, was like right I'm at university right now and you know I'm buzzing obviously like a bit younger and Fucking going out the you know the anchor and going in and her shirt and out partying and I was like oh you're that fucking guy like, you're <laughs> that yeah, cage yeah fight so cages, three drinks, I'm like yeah so I was like fuck it I'll go professionally you know get paid for this and you know start to get you know a bit of a name and stuff mm-hmm. so it took a fight I think it was against Kieran Boyle originally um, and he was just a kickboxer really and I thought easy matchup for me it's gonna be great two weeks before he got injured and I got a phone call to say he's out there's a guy from SPG. You know, do you want that? And I couldn't really just say, I wouldn't say no. I was like, yeah. I was training for this. I wanted to go pro, blah, blah, blah. Confidence was sky high. I was like, fuck it, I don't care. I'll fight whoever. So my training wasn't the best. I was just doing a bit of judo at the uni, driving home the weekend, a bit of sparring, and uh, so we took the fight and ended up being against Brian Moore. Brian Burr,
1: yeah. So He's now a mainstay of professional mixed martial arts globally.
0: So the two of us made our debut in the same
2: night and mm-hmm. that was the same night McGregor was fighting. it's Chaos? Chaos, yeah. McGregor fought Paddy Docherty. Was it Paddy? No. fought that night in Chaos? It was McGregor fighting. Boxer, base guy. Uh,
0: I can't remember. No, no, it uh, no,
2: was Paddy. I know we fought Paddy on Chaos
0: as well. I can't remember who it was at the time. So Hugh Brady on Chaos? Yes, Hugh Brady. Was, was, chaos? I was Chaos? was yes. Chaos, yeah. So I remember, yeah, so they were, you know, uh kind of called McGregor, and he was like, oh, I'll be back in a minute, and I was like, cocky, cocky man. <laughs> <laughs> but I, he did it, knocked the guy out, I was like, fuck. So, uh, yeah, so in any case, fought Brian Moore, two minutes into the first round. Um I remember walking out to ACDC, and I thought it was fucking like...
1: It wasn't Thunderstruck,
0: was it? Uh, no, it wasn't it was another one it was, that's why you lost yeah but I was just so like oh, fuck gonna go and knock a stupid out a party and all and no two minutes into it I gassed out and I was like oh shit what am I doing here and uh, took, I think I ended up on the floor and John Cavanaugh was just like speaking to Brian's ear and everything I tried to do he was telling them and I was like shut up John like, <laughs> you know but watching the bag it was a fucking cool fight like I remember what did I threw a kick Brian caught it Went through a punch, I caught the punch, flying arm bar. It was a cool, cool fight, but, uh-huh. but it got to the point I was exhausted and I just kept walking through punches, Rocky style. You know, getting hit, hit, and swinging and trying to knock him out, and hit, hit, swinging and trying to knock him out. And by the third round, I was just eating so many punches, the ref jumped in. And in my head, I was like, unless I'm on the floor, it's not, yeah. I, you know, I didn't think I would be stopped, but I wasn't defending technically because I was walking through so many shots. So, the referee got, you know, jumped in and I, looking back, I was like, fair enough. So I had that, already had pre-agreed the Decky Dalton fight, and again, ego and pride got in the way, and I was like, oh, I'm pulling out of that. So confidence dropped. I just got fucking beat up in the first fight, Mm -hmm. two black guys, and I was like, well, I'm not going to pull out of this fight. Um, Whilst training for the Decky Dalton fight, which is a month later, everyone was telling me, Decky is a monster. He's a killer. You better be training for this. You better be ready for this. Like This is not going to be an easy fight. So that's the you know that's the best thing to hear when you the confidence. <laughs> like, that's exactly yeah. what I need to hear. Obviously. So yeah, so that got me fucking destroyed mentally. Like I, I did my best and I thought I was I was okay. Come fight night then. it's a different story. So walking out, I was like, oh my god, I'm not fucking ready for this. Fuck's sake, we gonna get beat up again, blah blah blah. So I walked out and I remember the down and I was like, fucking shit myself. Was right. I did not. I walked into the cage and my head said, I'm I don't, I'm not. To be here, I don't want to be here. Yeah. Um, it took a round or so and it took a couple of punches to the land for me to be like, I'm okay. And then again, as the fight went on, my confidence grew and it did okay. But Becky got the, the decision. Yeah. Then I got contacted by John uh, Ferguson who said, Do you want to fight Philpot?" Now I went up and trained with Philpott, and Rodney's and stuff, and we're good friends and everything. But I wasn't for fighting him. And then John said, He's been slavering about you and he's slagging you off and he wants to fight you. And I was like, just prop- fuck- yeah. Yeah. I was proper like, well, promoter that carry that <laughs> and carry like, yeah. on. Especially I was like, when, you're young, when you're young yeah. enough to be drawn in by exactly. that. Exactly. Like. So, um, and then I heard, I think he was saying he in the same fill pot and that's how the fight got arranged. And then I had trained with Alan, and he was a lot younger at the time, a few years back. And yeah. I was, you know, at, this, at the time, much bigger than him, much older than him, and I was able to throw him around. So in my head, that was Alan. So I was like, I've been fighting these monsters, I'm going to drop down a weight division and fight Alan. Easy, easy fight. Little did I know, like obviously Alan improved leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. was an absolute killer. So went into that fight at bantamweight. Felt great. Felt relaxed. You know, two three rounds in, it was you know it did quite well. Um, but I kept giving him a back up. And then by third round, Alan got a takedown. I spun round. He got a great rear choke and won. And then you know Rodney, like it was a really nice moment because he actually ran over to me first. You know, give me a pat in the back and was blah blah blah. And then went and picked up Alan because he really felt for me, I think as well. And then we we'll celebrate with Alan. And um, afterwards, it was like we need to train together. So um, again, this is a quite a long story, but
1: no, go ahead. We've got uh, the time. That was
0: that was me 0 three, and I was like, fuck's sake!" So I took myself off to uh, Orlando, Florida, by myself, and I said I needed to get away from everything. Six week training camp at the jungle. Um, Mike Lee, Seth Pedrazelli, uh, Johnny. Yeah, so yeah, Yeah, Johnny set me up with that. So yeah, Brazil Seth. Seth Yeah. So I was I was cool, man. You know, like I was a big fan of Seth too. So I was the so, guy that single heartedly
1: so cool. closed an organisation when he beat Kimbo Yeah. elite no, right. XC funny yeah.
2: Seth's story we were fighting on Cage Wars in Portsmouth first ever cage show in the United Kingdom so Seth comes over and he's staying with Johnny and uh, Seth turns up with this suitcase about the size of this couch growing like this giant bag like, what the fuck is in this so he starts opening the bag and he pulls out like a blender a juicer <laughs> and all these like household appliances yeah and I remember Lorraine, God rest Lorraine, um, saying, Seth, what, 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 what is this? Why have you brought this up? And he goes, I didn't think you guys had these things. <laughs> like, what, what? You didn't think <laughs> we had <laughs> fucking electricity. <laughs> <laughs> <thing?"> <laughs> oh my God. And, he, and so I can't remember what we were doing. We were out somewhere, Johnny and I, and we came back to the house, and there's Seth just sitting in his dressing gown with Lorraine, watching Friends. <laughs> 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 this is one of like the toughest human toughest beings. Guys, yeah. Yes, beyond oh. tough human being, and Obviously, yeah. you've met him. He's, he's hilarious. So, oh, he's we were going over in the plane then, so and as, soon as you know how long it was ago, he had a camcorder, which to me was like what a wizard has—you like a right. like, fucking magic wand. Yeah. It was an amazing piece of kit. So he he was just going, "Will you see this? Will you see this?" And it was basically just like videos of girls with their tits out clearly and there was this guy he must have been like a thousand years old sitting beside us in the plane Seth has a camcorder going here mate look at this <laughs> showing this old guy all these pictures of girls brilliant oh he's just he's hilarious. A character. he's yeah, absolutely yeah.
0: brilliant no I know like, so yeah. no, what, I was, what was your time like training there? that was so great I mean again at the time the sport didn't have, had a purple belt it was the highest grade I think in the country at the time and there's not much really here that, in terms of MMA went over walked in beautiful huge facility massive cage Massive manned area We had freaking Mike Lee Amazing Second, third degree black belt You know Had Seth black belt we Had like always black belts Always I mean it was amazing and the guys were like You know Seth's like Fuck it and Like train for free So I was there for six weeks Free training And I was in that gym Three times a day And I just loved it out there It was, it was awesome Did it reignite the fire a little bit? It did coming, yeah Because coming off three my, You're my, bound to be the champion Yeah and that's what I'm saying My confidence was low And I knew I needed that And uh, that was a good igniter for me And whilst I was away I I contacted Rodney and said, I want to join, you know. And it was always my intention to join Next Gen at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a professional gym. And, you know, just where I was at the time, we were just kind of figuring out ourselves with Taijutsu. And it wasn't a full-time academy, but, you know, a professional gym at the time. So rather, being professional, tra- I needed to make yeah, the change. It was a hard thing, but... Rather than the training each other to have an yeah, actual head coach. And that sometimes happens a lot when you need to move gyms. It's You don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, you know. It's just... But you have to look know, after yourself. You have to. You need yourself. the right environment. That's all. So of course you need a professional training, mm. you know, uh, center, and, and that's the one. That it was. It was a nice fit for me too. it As far away being Ballymena but. It just felt right.
1: Just the ethos of the gym. It just the
0: got on well it. with everyone. A good ethos, and just, it just, I think felt think you could not be... get almost Rodney. He's, no, probably he's, just one he's a nice of guy. Really yeah, really
2: oh. normal, nice human beings. He and uh, uh, he was one severe competitor to oh he was it was just you know wrong time. He had been around, you know, it's one of the OGs of the game. He, just, he really, he was a, a serious dude. I remember beating this French guy on. Do you go to this? It was one of the shows that we? I can't even remember what the name of it was. It was in the Europa when we fought in the ring. Um, he fought this French guy, and the French guy literally looked like he was chiseled out of black granite. It was just. He just he scared the fuck out of me being in the room with him. I thought yeah. beat the shit out of him. <laughs> it was like Rodney emptied him, oh, like, That to me was just oh, amazing. He's, but he was, he's so talented. He's a
0: perfect example of one of the best coaches. He's in there every day, training him guy. every Saturday. We go up the spar, and he's in there round after round with everyone from Brilliant. Norman yeah. Park to me, to, you know, Joe Beck. To the, he'll spar everyone every week, and he's in there. And he, he's one of the best spars you'll have because he'll go at the level you are. He'll If he wants to turn up and test your cardio, he'll do it. Mm-hmm. If he wants to see your, what your grind game like, he'll just get you there. Mm-hmm. Like, he can do whatever he wants, and he'll just... He'll let you work. He'll let you throw punches. He'll let you do whatever he wants. And if he wants to, to do this or that, you know, he can do it. He's got complete control, and it's, it's a really nice spar, so I can really... One of the one of the most fun ones I mm. have is with Ronnie, so but he's in there every day. Like that's know, amazing. will be was a a wrestling, rolling and
2: sparring with everyone. That know? was a really good move for you, that sort of and that really is what has found you now yeah. opening up your own gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, that move if you hadn't left the Tai to club at the time, you would have never you would have involved in and the and, guy that's not And, the and, just and all. All it is. And, you know. and, you, and as you said, like you don't want to fall anybody, but you have to do what's right for yeah, you. Yeah, and and
0: that's the thing, is that like if if you care about the fighter enough and you're like you, you gotta look after them too. You're know, like, mm-hmm. look, we're still
2: friends. It's just I know you need a different environment, and you know, there can why. be. I mean, everybody has been in gyms when a, a certain mainstay of the gym. Has left and there is an upheaval. I I remember I, I was that dude who did that before, and there was an upheaval and people didn't like you and you were you know you were and, and glad. I did not think that ever happened with you. I don't think so. I don't no, think anybody.
0: We we'll try our best, obviously, not to fight anyone. But, well, it can be yeah. like a bad breakup sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. it is Will you like end up? Like res- you yeah. yeah. end up
1: resenting the individual? And this is our
0: thing with the, with MMA. Is it just like all that type of stuff mm. and like how you have to not care what other people think? Mm. You got to look after yourself. Yeah.
1: we have to compartmentalize it all and realize that it's, it's just a, it's a, a sport that you. You're or doing what's there best there a for lot you. Of risk yeah.
0: involved? I mean you're not gonna like get half the level of training and get beat up in there because mm-hmm. you feel bad for someone else. You, yeah, because I don't want to hurt your feelings. No, yeah, I don't know how your feelings so all get beat up. Yeah. yeah if they cared face. about you, they'd be like, no, it's fine. So
2: I've got a funny Andy Young story here. Um I remember one, it was about three or four years ago. Um, you rang me one Saturday on Friday night and says, Are you training tonight? I was like, Yeah yeah we are. Uh, yeah. And then about ten minutes later I realised no shit we have a show on tonight. So I had to ring you back and go sorry Andy but I've got to show on." but instead of training you fancy fighting on it, and you were like <laughs> this, 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 I'll, yeah yeah I'll yeah. point yeah.
0: out this is St. Patrick's the day after St. Patrick's Day yes it was I had so, so it was, yeah. I, I was out you had St. Patrick's Day from yeah I was a, in a bad way that, that next day but that's why I felt <laughs> bad I was like and then I need to like go down and do it, get it sweat on and his sweat the top, you know, get some ready.
2: Yeah. So and <laughs> so. then so instead of turning up just to go and do a couple of rounds in the bag or whatever, you turned up and fought a guy out of our club who was a cracking fighter, actually a guy called Ian, and who was in tremendous condition. And you did three, three <laughs> rounds of probably some of the of the best action we had seen on a on a local club show for. A long, long time, and that to me was like, Yeah, that's that's the proper guy there. Like, he's just such a testament to himself coming down and instead of going, You know what, fuck, I'm home. I'm not going, no, yeah, I'll turn up, yeah, I'm going to turn up, yeah, I'm going to turn up and have a full, full on competitive fight on uh, a high level. And well, it's just, you
0: gotta have a about the stories, like, and yeah, that is a good you story know, but to have. That's just it, you know, if if you're a fighter, that's who you are. So, if you get an opportunity to fight, then. Yeah, why not fuck take it? i know that it
2: was another move for you. You had never—I don't think—you would competed in boxing before. You'd been in boxing before, as you said, with a guy called Bram Morgan. Um, but you'd never actually taken on a boxing match against another guy who's just trained solely for that sport. So it was a good yeah. move, I think. It was a, another a sideline for you and proved You could definitely hang with guys who are very, very good with their hands as well. So as we're saying, like you, you turned up on the night and you competed against a guy who was obviously solely very, very good with his hands, and I think that's what. it speaks volumes about you as a person and obviously as you're transitioning now from a competitor as well now as turning into one of the more respected coaches on the day so that's obviously you're, you're I hate using the term journey. You know why I hate using that? Because I used to work for Ellie Fitness and that was when they invented that fucking term. Yes, fitness right. journey. Yes, uh-huh. they, they they invented that vomit. It's shock talk, yeah, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah, one of those yeah, generic
1: yeah. terms, isn't and,
2: it? And I, and I really even hearing it now makes me I, if it actually brings me back to the room where this prick was going on about it and he had this really terrible <laughs> accent. And that uh, It's more of a story. I
0: think it's a story. It is a story, it's and it's about the stories. And and that is about stories like fuck it, you know what? I took our fight last minute, blah blah blah. You know, and it's the whole thing. You regret things you don't do more than you, you do do. So, yeah, yeah that's so. going
2: to Australia for you—that
0: was a bit. oh fuck. Yeah, like that was, the- was hilarious. That like, so I mean, I, I literally uh, had the fight um, against Brian Crichton uh, about an hour later. I was driving down to Porta Ferry to catch the tail end of a wedding, and then the next morning, I woke up was uh, getting the boat in Port Ferry and then Rodney for me, he's like. Right, man. Do you want to go to Australia on Wednesday? Here, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Fuck it, Rodney." <laughs> and I hung up. And was like, uh, stay haven't been to Australia here in a few days." So that, that was wild. That was wild. So,
2: but stories. But that, <laughs> again, know? that's another yeah. like that's a testament, obviously, on a much grander scale as to what I said. Yeah instead of saying no I really don't want to I've just fought like a like a, a legitimate days. fighters yeah. mentality but that, yeah. it's just that it's, is. Just, your, it's yeah. just
0: the gut you just got to follow your gut and like that's that's the best thing that I can really say is you know I felt that was right so I did it mm-hmm. you know and you get a feeling of like fuck I don't want to do this and blah 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 you got to listen to that too well it's what
1: kept the men alive was the gut yeah. instincts yeah, yeah so I, much and I think in modern day society we have a tendency to suppress that feeling mm-hmm. yeah. you know it's like where, it's like when you're, you're Going round the corner and you feel something bad's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Invariably, something bad happens. Mm-hmm. So I think the fact that you listen to that, yeah, and, you know, that's you know, well,
0: that's what they talk about scientifically and all there's More in neurotransmitters in your yeah. gut than your brain yeah. and all that type of stuff. But no, hundred percent, you know, gut instinct is you got to you got to follow that, like you know.
1: One one thing I I, I wanted to ask you from the get go was how is fight day different for you now as a coach? You know the preparations that you do as a fighter, and you have guys come you have guys that fought on clan wars. You've got mm-hmm. guys coming up that are fighting on clan wars. What's it like for you? What's the approach like for you, and what are the feelings like for you on fight day?
0: I guess it's trying to empathise a lot with them and make mm-hmm. sure that you know they're obviously feeling their, their best, but again, it's honesty, and people are still scared to say, Listen, I haven't, I don't feel too good today, I'm a wee bit nervous. And yeah, they're still, you know, again, it's an age thing too, but they're still a wee bit scared about it. And uh, I'll say about Joe, for example, You know, I was like, How are you feeling, Joe? Great, no problem, get breakfast, yep, blah, blah, blah. And then I found out after, didn't have any breakfast, his nerves were a wee bit up, he didn't really feel good mentally and mm-hmm. I was like, if I knew he didn't have breakfast for example, I'd be like, sit down and eat this, Yeah, you know, and then he, he kind of started to gas out towards the end of the fight and Joe should never gas, he's got mm-hmm. fantastic you know, cardio and that was a war, that was a great fight mm-hmm. but I was like, man, if you had just had maybe that wee bit of sugar before that fight, that could have been, it just make a difference here, difference mm-hmm. here, so a good learning you know, process for the two of us but just to make sure everyone's again honest and up front and that can get you a win mm-hmm. just by you know doing that so
1: how do you how you feel as a coach when your guys are in the cage are there are there the same nerves that are equate that you can equate to fighting or is it a different yeah, kind of nerves it's
0: definitely always harder i think watching you know either yeah. watching your friend or watching a, a student fight because you mm-hmm. can't technically control it the
2: same
1: and you're emotionally invested you're yep. mostly invested, in the guy as Well, I think It's
2: far worse. It's yeah. definitely far worse. I don't know. It's, it's like, very because hard because when you, whenever you're competing, the, the pressure's kind of off. You know what's yeah. going to happen here. Yeah. You, you prefer that guy's going to try and hit you. You're going to try and hit him. You're in control of yeah. what happens. You're going to try and strangle him. He's going to try and strangle you. But whenever you have somebody in there, as I go back to the start what I talked about about coaching, you're going to you've told this guy that yeah you can probably win this, but it's based on what you've told this person. Yeah. And then that makes it worse. You
0: know, Christ, and that, and that then just hurt in the corner, and they said the right things, have done this the right guidance. Yeah. You tell a guy to do one thing, he does it, and then mm-hmm. he ends up losing that because of that, or exactly. It's, it's,
2: it's very yeah. It's I a find lot it factors, much factors, much more difficult, yeah. and I, I don't I don't know whether it becomes easier. I see John Kavanagh kind of making this look. Yeah, very, and very. I mean, I think Chris Fields, Chris yes, is one of, oh, he's one of the best. One of yes. the best corner guys. Is awesome. <laughs> so chill. That he's,
1: he's, he's loud, but without screaming. No, and it's all measured and controlled. Yeah. and it's, and so, it's clear, so clear. concise yes, yes, you can yeah. hear him no matter what. Like yes. it's,
0: it's all the right, the right mm-hmm. kind of advice. You Chris Feeds are cracking
2: a oh, yeah. He, yeah, him, exactly him,
1: and, him and Tom King are building something really special
2: yes yeah, the two yeah, of yeah. them are such a great yeah. experience as well mm-hmm. he's another dude like, again when we're talking about, about people on this island whether it be north or south who have phenomenal talent phenomenal experience and don't as I said some fat guy picking a ball up throwing it backwards falling down again and getting up. I know. They like it's all just the recognition. Of it, this of person sport. doesn't. Yeah. yeah, but even I, I don't know as a sport. Like I suppose John probably gets a great deal of recognition, um, but people like Chris or you or Rodney. Rodney gets a bit, but he doesn't get enough. You get a bit, but don't get enough. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think this is probably part of what you should be getting. I think you people yeah. should make just, a bit more yeah, of
0: an And that that's what's great to have such an outlet, you know, mm-hmm. for like, this podcast, mm-hmm. especially just to be able to get. You know the voice out there sometimes, and it's hard if it's not in you to be so vocal about. Yeah, you know. But sometimes you you need that. You know, it's just like you know, in the fighting, in the entertainment industry, you gotta be loud. You gotta be and it's mean.
1: not being self indulgent. It's no, you know, it's just people want to hear from the likes of yourself, mm-hmm. as we say, a two time world champion, a three time British champion, two
0: time Irish champion. Do you have two ISK uh, belts? Well, I. Defended it, I won against Stephen Coleman, defended it against James Markleins.
1: Yeah, so the, an ISKA champion. People want to hear about your accomplishments. I always say
0: one time hours, that's two then, actually. Yeah oh yeah go. okay that's two years. yeah <laughs> yeah i forgot that that's two that's two, yeah. Call, calling you two, time, two yeah. division as well yeah, so, two so a, six, yeah. a
1: six-time champion in two divisions mm-hmm. yeah. so when you
0: look at it like that as you said that's building a proper story yeah. but what i want to be very careful of is just not getting too i think after hitting the kind of pinnacle of something you kind of feel like complacent mm-hmm. and i just don't want to be like that you know a game with all sorts of stuff going on people are like oh yeah you, you're fighting again you're taking
2: mm-hmm. a step back from the fighting.
0: I don't want to like you know no. it's just but it has
2: to feel it, right but inevitably that's what will happen yeah I mean, there's it's no gonna, it would have happened
0: anyway I would be doing everything I'm doing now anyway I mean I'm doing this coaching I'm actually doing ended up doing as a funny story doing um consultation for a TV show for MMA. We were doing an MMA fight scene and they needed an MMA fighter to kind of give uh-huh. it, it was for CBBC though. That's <laughs> class. So, I don't know how much you can get away it right now, but I'm sure I'll share it when it's on, but yeah. <laughs> that was funny.
1: So that's another potential so, strength to your Yeah, you go,
0: and it's just a lot of things that people aren't really doing and stuff, so yeah, just being able to do
2: I that. take every you
1: know, opportunity that's yeah, going. there's
2: no other way around. I, I say you should say yes to a lot of things, oh, yeah. because in the future that allows you to say no to an awful lot more yeah. and just pick and, it's and just, just a in the repertoire
0: and like mm-hmm. you know having a lot out like, there and stuff and I'm doing work with kids with behavior issues and Brilliant, teaching mm-hmm. them and stuff and yeah just just a lot of you know ways you can you can spread that MMA and stuff and, and motivational talks and all that so it's like, again yeah, there's a lot of things I had written down and it's written down you don't really know what your goals are yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. and it's so simple people underestimate it um one of the books i was reading. Writing down a hundred things you want to accomplish in your life, mm. and not being modest about it, being like, "Fuck it, I want to climb Mount Everest, I want to black belt and jiu I want to go to the moon, <laughs> I want to do yeah. whatever." And you write down those hundred things. Everyone that's done that, statistically speaking, most of them will accomplish we'll them sixty off. or seventy percent. We had this
2: conversation yeah. about this whenever we were starting a podcast, and I got a uh, a, a dry whiteboard for the for my little nerd room at home, uh-huh. and I wrote things I of that we yeah. want to do. And so it's far, because it's in, yeah. So far, we're taking them off. Yeah,
0: And it's because it's, it's in your head. So, mm-hmm. for example, I want to climb Mount Everest, right? So, say you're walking down the street and you, you pick up on a sign saying, climb Mount Everest now, sign up, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You'll really take notice of that because you're like, that's right. You you've already planted, that the seed. Down. Yeah. planted the seat, So, you'll see opportunities to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Whereas, if you never wrote that down or thought about it, you would just walk by that sign. Mm-hmm. So, it gets things in the motion. So, you want to climb Everest? I do, but I've actually. My dad, we've met a couple of guys there recently that have climbed it six, seven times, and it's one of those ones where apparently when you get to the top, there's a fucking queue. I've to heard get that, and I would stand there, literally in the there's, store waiting. So. There is
2: also lots and lots of people who croak on Everest, and you know they don't oh pick God, them up. Yeah, yeah. They just—that's that, it. They don't bring them down. Yeah, have to, they're just left up there. Yeah, they're yeah. just left up there. Yeah. But and I mean, they become like ice mummies. You yeah. can look this up. It's, it's fucking terrifying. It's terrifying. There's like you know you could be on the way up. Oh yes, <laughs> go left at Jimmy. You're dead there for <laughs> Step forty. Step over him
0: and keep moving. Yeah, well, I, well, I did Kilimanjaro, and one of the, the scariest things was on the way over to the the, the base of the very summit. Mm- there was a big, massive kind of—I think it's Tundra is the correct word—but it's a massive, big plain, uh-huh. desert kind of area, and this is thousands of feet up. But there's a plane that's sitting there; it's crashed. Oh, This—it uh, was fuck. actually a couple that was um, on their honeymoon, and I clipped Mount Wednesday and crash-landed. And the planes all just—you're not getting that off the mountain. No. It's just, um, you know. So we walked and looking around this this like crashed like plane and it was like so eerie and so scary. And so it was like, like a time capsule, really. It, it? Yeah, it was just terrifying. And then walking towards the mountain, there was mm. lightning below us. <laughs> there was lightning like, below was, us. I mean, honestly, Amazing. God. And I was getting hit with bad altitude sickness. Like I was not in a good way. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't. It couldn't. It was two or three days that I hadn't eaten anything. It was just sugar. I was surviving mm. on. Uh, I threw up and stuff before uh, starting the summit push at midnight and uh, halfway up the mountain I started falling over and losing balance and I was like this grind's really slippy and my mate was like the fuck (laughs) 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 the grind's fine so he said to the doctor and he's like "Um, yeah
1: (laughs) you're really selling it to me aren't you yeah Yeah. this is
0: class (laughs) so I know but the the doctor then he gave me I don't know again I was pretty out of it but Mm -hmm. he stabbed me with some sort of I don't know if it was adrenaline or what it was Mm -hmm. but you gave me something, so something <laughs> um, to put a pep yeah, in Yeah, I could kind of see the top of the mountain, and I was like, I must. Like, I was hundred percent. I must get up here. Mm-hmm. And again, something that got me into tears was um, before starting the summit push, we were all called in at night time, and the, complete surprise to us, they gave us a note each, and our family had written something on it. Oh here, I, that's a tight note. Oh there. my that's god! Fun. And the fact that I was struggling so much, and I was you're like, exhausted. I, I was like, I don't think I might not be able to do this. You know, I'm doing this for charity, and I, I want to do this. And then how you we know being like, you know, really believe in you, and, and I was like, oh my god,
2: but it's so, a good emotional blackmail. Yeah. So I
0: was just like, hey, I fucking doing this, like, and then mm-hmm. I was like, I'm doing this for all charity, I'm doing this for parents. Like, oh god, it was, it, was hard. it was so hard, but worth I, it. I, oh my god, like the, the water bottle froze solid to the side of me, <laughs> and like the the porter or Sherpa that helped me up, they had nothing. Like they had, they didn't have gloves, so I was giving them my stuff they were giving him whatever I could half of my food like everything uh-huh. to get up and uh, we got up to the top I was out of it took pictures like <laughs> fucking out of it and, uh, and then he, the doctor was like right got a picture get the fuck down I was like right and I put my arms over the, the guys the porters and they, we literally it was kind of gravelly and I just stuck the heels and we just slid down the mountain <laughs> bit by bit we got to the very bottom And I was like I think I'm okay guys So I let go of them Took a couple of steps And just fell over
2: <laughs> Still a
0: complete loss of balance um, So I was told You had to go down further mm. So we did a, then a Six or seven hour walk Track downhill Or down mountain rather And went to the next base camp and as I we went down the strength started returning to me as I get more oxygen but
1: But people forget like once you get up there, you have to go down you again. Go yes, down again. Yeah, it's yeah. not like there's a stair lift or a cabin that's gonna yeah. take you down. Yeah. There's a lift
0: just round the corner uh-huh. there. But no. it's, it's scary, like my <laughs> my friend Connor he's uh, he said he the the rocks he thought it was a fucking crow <laughs> like flying. Mm. He thought it's you know, sitting there I was I like, Oh no, that crow and I was like it's a rock, <laughs> so it's it some crazy just five, shit. Yeah. But what, was the
1: experience worth it, then?
0: Uh, oh my god, yeah. it's one of the proudest moments of my life. Just be. to walk back, I, I did
2: that, and I was just so but so proud. And you said like making stories. Oh that my god, like that. I mean
0: story. that that really again that was at the time after those few losses I had I had that one fight my first win then with Paddy Blythe yeah. and I, I climbed that mountain and all and I was like no matter what like, I, can, I can do this I so without that sounded a
1: wee bit too hippy trippy you know climbing the mountain was was a bit of a metaphor oh, yeah, in some well, respects
0: because one could say that yeah <laughs>
1: so, they're both yeah. they're both looking at me now like I've just shitting my hands and handed it <laughs> to them lads yeah.
2: <laughs> it was like when I did socials last week aye
1: it's on all the socials way. it's still a thing
2: I know what it is I don't care what you say so yeah. it isn't like you created it
1: Again, without sounding a bit too grandiose or a bit too heavy, trippy I want to finish on, when it's all said and done and, and you've retired from, from, from mixed martial arts, how do you want to be remembered?
0: I guess just one of the real um, symbols of MMA in, in the country, really, of just the right ethos of martial arts and to kind of inspire others and just to be an example of someone that didn't have a clean-cut 100% record, that had losses, came back and got the wins, got the titles... Had losses, came back again. So, just anyone that's you know going through losses or you know in life or you know in a fight career, you can come back from it. So, yeah, just being a symbol, building a legacy, and inspiring people. You know, that's, that's really really my goals are. I don't think
1: there's much more we can add to no, that, Andy. Not.
2: Before we go any further, you have the new gym starting. Yep. But before that, where can people find you on the socials? Mm. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, I mean, Andy Taz Young my official Facebook page um, and Andy Taz. Uh, 1989 on Instagram and then Hybrid MMA should be up and running uh, this week at the moment I've got ATY MMA so mm-hmm. you can also look that up but yeah Andy Young you'll, you'll find me somewhere on social media so give me a buzz and uh, yeah it will, be, it will be a very exciting time here
2: in the coming months so
1: looking forward to the really opening.
2: looking forward to it we'll try and get down as best as we can for the yeah. opening and see yeah. if we can give, do anything to help because yeah. if there's somebody in local mixed martial arts use that term who deserves the success and who has clearly, clearly worked for it is you. and am we'll gonna try and help her uh, Well, as much as you need. Thank possible. you very much,
0: guys. I'm, you know, very honoured to be on this mm-hmm. podcast. You two are, are, are brilliant guys, really good representatives. Everything. And it's, you know, really love chatting to you anyway. So yeah, it's great I, to be able to do it on on this as well. Thank you, know? you very
2: much, um, guys. Before be we remiss me not to say before we bring us to a close, please, please, please. Um, Go, like, share and subscribe. Go back and give uh, Carlos Kramer a listen to as well and also Danny Corr, also Paul Murray. We have had some wonderful people on and we're just topping this off at the minute with another world champ, which is Andy. Um, we obviously are on social media and uh, not another fight cast on FacePest and also on Instagram as again, not another fight cast. Um, we are grateful, completely grateful for anybody who spends any time listening to us and we are over the moon that we've nearly landed on 100 subscribers, and hopefully in a couple of months' time we'll be saying we've landed on 1,000 subscribers. And we can't do that without people liking and sharing and subscribing, and we are very, very cheerful and thankful that anybody does that. So once again, thank you very much, folks. I am Andy, the Icon Burrows, and this has been Not Another Fightcast. With me, Phil Campbell. And myself, Andy Young. Thank you very much, folks. See you soon.